This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. I don't really understand how the Yankees are doing it. Even just doing what they're doing, which is just kind of playing 500 baseball without Aaron Judge in the lineup, because this offense is bad. It is a bad offense. It's a bad lineup. It's one of the worst lineups I can really remember in recent history. And the decisions, they don't make any sense either. Having DJ LeMayu hit leadoff. Leadoff? But the fact is, whether it makes sense or not, they are doing what they need to do and that is keep their heads above water until hopefully Aaron Judge comes back sometime after the All-Star break. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the music they should have had for the for the Aaron Hicks and and let the music play a little bit at first. This everybody had turned their heads around. And look at the video, but what's going on? I lo- I, the Benny Hill music. Everybody loves the Benny Hill music. Even people who don't know who Benny Hill is. Those are some wild shows on Channel 9. And then you start the highlights. And maybe and maybe butter up people a little. You know, meet people halfway. If you had gone with a couple of the, the miscues of Aaron Hicks early on, and then... You, you turn it into some highlights, I think people would have cheered at the end. They would have, they would have appreciated the fairness of the uh, video portrayal uh, of Aaron Hicks last night. But I should also tell you, people, it's very important. Get ready to tee him up high and let him fly at the ESPN New York Tee It Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Hotel and Casino on Tuesday, July 25th at Windwatch Golf and Country Club in Hophawk, Long Island, where 60 teams, 60, 6-0, will compete for great prizes and bragging rights. Purchase your twosome today at ESPNNewYorkGolf.com and join Rick DiPietro, Dave Rothenberg, Bart Scott, Alan Hahn, and other special guests. All the proceeds are going to benefit the Garden of Dreams Foundation, individual tickets for cocktails and dinner, They are also available. It's the ESPN New York Tee It Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Hotel and Casino. And it's brought to you by Don Julio Tequila, Kettle One Vodka, and Juggernaut Wines. Learn more at ESPNNewYorkGolf.com. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So the Yankee game is going to get underway 140 after the rain delay. The tarp is off the field. And I would say, taking a look at the lineup, this one makes a little bit more sense to me. The Yankee lineup today, we don't have any sponsors for that, but the Yankee lineup, Anthony Rizzo is batting leadoff. Well, what? what? Anthony Rizzo, why would you have him? He's got a 361 on base percentage. That makes sense. He's the highest on base percentage of any of the regulars. So, yes, you want people on base. Glaber, it never made sense that Glaber Torres would bat leadoff. It certainly didn't make sense yesterday. DJ LeMayu was hitting leadoff. Now, DJ LeMayu a couple of years ago, Absolutely. People are still tied up. Well, it doesn't have any speed. You don't need speed at the top of the order. You need to get on base. The speed doesn't help you if you're not on base. So Rizzo's batting leadoff, Glaber second, Stanton after a couple of hits last night. Who knows? Maybe starting to come around. Let's, fingers crossed. Got to hope. Jake Bowers is uh, playing right field. He's uh, hitting cleanup. Harrison Bader in the five hole. Volpe moved up to sixth. I would say Volpe hitting leadoff. That would make a little bit of sense because he's been as red hot as he has been. But, okay, fine. Not, not going to get carried away. 
Uh, IKF, who has been uh, incredible here for the last month, he is playing third base and batting seventh. Uh, Cabrera's in left field, hitting eighth, and uh, Jose Trevino behind the uh, plate for Clark Schmidt, who will get the start when they get underway, hopefully over the stadium at uh, 140 this afternoon. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Also, the hot dog eating contest has uh, been canceled, postponed because of the weather. Lightning in the area. So when people ask me what was my favorite uh, of all the hot dog eating performances, uh, I would say that was this is number one. Number one with a bullet. Already taken over the top. Yes. And I think today, I think uh, for the July 4th holiday, I think we will have a little special edition of what I learned on TikTok a little bit later on. Got to get into the next two. But let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, my friend? Hi. Hi, Gordon. Uh, I loved Bader's at bat. He attempted one bunt. That was great. You don't know if the next pitch was because the pitcher was thinking he'd bunt. You know? Well, so he had two strikes on him. Right. But so I don't think I he was going to bunt with two strikes. One bunt. I love that, you know. And even John Sterling, when he, you know, hit the, he says, my apologies to Aaron Boone because he thought he should have been one, but One pitch. I always think it's a good idea, first and second, like that, if you can take one pitch for a bunt and see what happens. Just to get the infield moving, let the pitcher have it on his mind. Okay. As far – oh, by the way, did you see uh, – uh, uh, Araldis Chapman, another inning yesterday for Hughes, for uh, Texas. And the Texas manager shouldn't have taken him out. He pitched a perfect seven, 13 pitches. He brings in another guy in the eighth, and that blew the game. So he could have used uh, Chapman for two innings. Chapman's been great. Chapman he has, has been, been sensational. He, he's good in, in low-pressure situations. Yeah. So as, as the right. pressure gets higher, uh, we'll All see right. if it continues. Well, that, that should have been for the Yankees and the Mets to figure out where to put him in his best position because he was just sitting there. Uh, as far as him. Well, he, 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 at yeah. the end of last year, he, like, quit on the team. So, I mean, not really. well, this, he, he was you bad know, in you big You've got to know how to handle this guy. He's a head case, but the results show what they are. And uh, he's a good pitcher when he has to, you know, when he's put in the right situation. Gordon, it takes manager, general manager, and all to put these guys in the right position. He is a head case, but look at the facts now. Look what he's producing. Okay. As far as Hicks. I love intelligence. I love the fan who cheers the guy. This guy could have walked away yet, yet, uh, after the Yankees cut him with the money. He didn't have to, He's playing for nothing now, Gordon. Well, he's nothing. still getting paid that from the Yankees. Say it again. He's still getting paid from He still gets his salary from the Yankees. The, the, the salary is guaranteed. It's just the if Orioles can pick play, him up for, for, for the league minimum. What's that? He's playing for nothing now. No, he he's still getting the, the money that he, he the, the contract that he signed is a guaranteed contract. So he still right. gets that money. He's right, just playing he now. Play. The Orioles just have to pay him like the league minimum. They just have to pick up that aspect Correct. of it, I think. So he's playing for little money. I No, he's still guy. getting the same money he was getting with the Yankees. That contract did not get void. He still gets paid that money. Yeah, I said that. I'm, you're not hearing what I'm saying. He could have walked away from oh, the Yankees. Oh, he just collected the, the Yankee money, but he wants to play. Oh, okay. All there right. you go. All right. There I you thought go. you were thinking that, that contract went I love a guy like that. That wants to play. Okay, he didn't get it done here Everybody for whatever reason. I cheer a guy that wants to play. How many guys would have walked away? He, he took the money. And, I mean, he, he, he didn't take the money. He went back to baseball. He's playing for, the what, like you said, the minimum. I think whatever he's paying, whatever the Orioles are paying, the Yankees are paying less. So he's basically playing for nothing because he could have walked away. I admire that in a guy. I think that's a great thing. All right. As far as uh, – uh, 
when Steinbrenner came on the air the other day. Uh, How? Gordon, yeah. Do you know what the record of four and three is? The when record of four, four and seven. three? Yeah, four right. out of seven. Doesn't sound like anything great, right. correct? Right. That's 93 wins. Okay. And gets you in the playoffs. Okay. Is that something we should be applauding? Four and three. The Yankees just went four and three against. Well, look, the, if you get into the playoff, you win 93 games. I think the Yankees over under this year was 93 wins. So that's about what you would have expected coming into the season. And that's uh, four and three. Yeah, well, look, you win 93 games. Right. I'm not saying you're well, going to be taking standing ovations, but you win 93 games, you get in the playoffs. I think that that's a success up until that point. It depends on what you do in the postseason. My question to you, you think that's any big deal going four and three with the second highest payroll in baseball? Uh, well, I think that the mission has been accomplished if you can get into the playoffs with 93 wins, which would generally get, get you into with the four playoffs. And three. Again, my point is four and three. I don't think that's something we do. we just went four and three against. Well, the no, Yaps, nobody's going to nobody's going to be applauding them because the, the, the playoffs are, are expected. But ninety three yeah. wins. If you get into the playoffs, you, you're not going to turn up your nose at that. There's plenty of teams. Gordon, that would, you would keep love saying that. if you get into the playoffs, right? Four well, normally three, with 93 that wins guarantees you you're in the playoffs. Not, that four and three is ninety three wins. Uh huh. Okay. So we're applauding a four and three. But team. I don't think anybody's applauding it. Oh, I do. I think Steinbrenner's speech was, well, you know, we're competitive and we're in the playoffs and all. Right, but, but nobody's, nobody's applauding they're, it. People are ticked off at him for, 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 for right. the, the point. And they should be. One, one World Series appearance in 20, in 20 years is not something to be applauding. Absolutely, but 93 wins doesn't prevent you from doing those other things. The Yankee well, fans are not upset at the 93 wins. They're upset at the fact that when they get into the playoffs, they don't do anything. Well, that's because they're, they're satisfied with going four and three, getting into the playoffs, and saying we're in the hunt. It's a crapshoot. Those are ca- camouflage words. They're not built to win the playoffs. That's all. That's my affair, my feeling, because four and three gives you 93 wins, gets you in the hunt, and gets you in the crapshoot. That's nothing to be applauded. One more thing. I have a pet beef with uh, fans okay. who have this love affair with the 86 Mets. Uh-huh. To me, the 86 Mets were the biggest disappointment in sports with all the talent that he had on that team. In five years, they went to one World Series. They, and if the ball didn't go through Buckner's legs, yeah. they would have lost that world. And yet Probably. these guys are applauded and cheered. And, uh, I mean, well, I don't of see course. it. They haven't won anything it, since 86. It's the one time that they won something. Well, yeah. that's, that's how but it gets They should have won a lot more, and they should have been wow. in a lot more World Series. They should have been Absolutely. minimum of three worlds. That's not something to be looked on fondly about. Not, not well, in my opinion. Uh, Richard, and thanks for the phone call. I, I don't think that the problem is with the 86 Mets. The problem is with the 87 and the 88 and the 89 Mets. If they bring back those teams, yeah, then, then you, you're upset. If the Met fans aren't going to be happy with the 86 Mets, then they're not going to be happy with anything. I, I don't know how many members of the, the 69 Mets are still with us. And for a lot, there's a lot of fans that don't even remember the 86 Mets. That's a long time ago. So, no, I don't have a problem with Met fans uh, enjoying the 86 Mets. Now, you're right. That, that run, you thought it was going to have, uh, it was going to be a little deeper than just 86, but it did fall apart very quickly. 88 with the Dodgers and Hershiser and all that type of stuff. But, um, no, like you can't, I mean, if Met fans can't get to enjoy the 86 Mets, what are, we, what are we looking around at? There's a lot more, when it comes to the anger and the frustration, there's a lot more culprits than the 86 Mets. Let's go out to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, what's going on, pal? 
Good afternoon, Gordon. Good afternoon, Joe Leo. Good afternoon, Harvey. Shout out to the company. I, I was kind of avoiding the, the, this topic because yesterday with the Knicks trade and everything else, I just felt like, hey, let me just talk about this because, you know, the Yankee news yesterday, that Yankee lineup yesterday kind of set me off. Like, what, like, like I, I, I never seen a designated hitter who, who's batting way below 150. <laughs> it is, and, it is, it is jarring, it, absolutely. Like, like, like I, 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 and this is where, like, like, remember when you said like you were upset that he hit that home run in, in Oakland because all it yeah. was going to do was just justify him being right. put in the lineup. Mm-hmm. This, this, that was exactly like what those comments rang through my head, and I just was sick of it because I was just like, there, Aaron Boone is, you know, when you do your answers with Aaron segment, and when they ask him like, why do they keep, you know, having Donaldson, he's going to still lie to us and say that his at bats are good, isn't he? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why you really can't take what the Yankees say all that seriously. So like when they, when they'll point out about Volpe turning things around, he has, and absolutely they deserve credit for sticking with him and and not sending him down and all those type of things. But that's the exception to the rule. There's a lot of things that they say the exact same stuff to, and the results are never there, but they'll never admit that the results weren't there. They'll just, they'll just keep throwing it out there. And I think that, and I don't think that that I think that like for that hardcore fan base that doesn't want the expectation to be cheapened or doesn't want that's what drives us crazy. And then they and then and then like and I don't mean to get on you guys, but it's like you know, and then you want to go out there and make us spoil the Yankee fans. But I'm like, this is this is what we're watching on a day to day basis. What is going on here? So that's kind of what my point was. I just wanted to have that in because I I've never seen anything like this where we are constantly doing this and there's no amount of analytics. So when people, you know, point to that, I could, I, I could see why the old, the older population is definitely upset with analytics when, when we're seeing a guy who's batting less than 150 BRDH. This is, well, I, I don't think, and Jose, thanks for the phone call. I, I don't think it's analytics. I just think that the Yankees don't have enough good hitters. They, they don't have a good, they don't have, it's not like they're playing somebody that doesn't deserve playing time over somebody that does. The Yankees don't have enough good hitters. So, yeah, Donaldson's going to get opportunities, and um, they're, they're going to stick with the guys that they have in the lineup on a regular basis because they don't have enough good guys. Like, who's on the bench that you say to yourself, well, no, Donaldson shouldn't be playing, but this guy should be. They have a lot of guys who are, are, who are bad offensive players for whatever reason and doesn't seem like are going to turn things around. Like, I don't know what it's going to, what the issue is with DJ LeMahieu, but you'd have to be a little doubtful that DJ LeMahieu, given what his season has looked like so far, and, and given how he's performed here the last couple of years, that all of a sudden he's going to get anywhere close to the DJ LeMahieu from a couple of years ago. Same thing with, with Josh Donaldson. I think we've seen enough at bats from Josh Donaldson to realize that some turnaround is not coming. But when you talk about the Yankees, I mean, again, uh, Billy McKinney or, or, or Jake Bowers, there's, they don't have enough good hitters. Uh, maybe when Willie Calhoun comes back, <laughs> again, think of the sentence I just gave you. Maybe when Willie Calhoun comes back. I mean, this is what we're talking about. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. All right, so last night I was on, we broke down, of course, the Obi Toppin trade, Nick fans, 
not too happy with that trade. But really, they're not so much upset at getting back the two second-round picks as much as they are at the head coach. The Tom Thibodeau portion of the fan base that do not like the head coach, they were out in full force. So I got some rebuttals to some of the points made last night. We'll get into the Knicks coming up next. It's Gordon Dammer in for Barton Hahn. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Say it again. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, a couple of things, uh, two more baseball things before we move on to the Knicks. A, I know the Yankee fans, Joe Leo being among them, are, are hoping and praying that Josh Donaldson is not going to be on this team for a whole lot longer. Um, I hope you're right. I, I hope you're right. Uh, if that happened today, it would be time to celebrate even more than 4th of July. But I don't get the And do you get the sense that the Yankees are going to be willing to admit that the Donaldson move was a mistake? They're not going to do that before it's absolutely net. I mean, take a look at how long it took for them to admit the, the Aaron Hicks move was a mistake. Well, how long are you willing to compound your mistake by continuing to have him on your roster? And if you really consider yourself a World Series contender, can you have Josh Donaldson on your team? Well, on the team? Yeah, they probably could have him on the team, but... Or as a meaning contributor, because he's in the lineup well, 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 pretty much every day. Where is the option to get a meaningful contributor at third base? They have three guys, and, and IKF's been great here the last month, but they're all, all their numbers are essentially for the season the same. They're all well below average offensive players who have a good glove. I, I just don't get the sense that the Yankees are going to be finally willing to make, make a mistake... And say, you know what, Josh, that that Josh Donaldson move, uh, that was a mistake, and we're going to cut ties, and we'll move on, and now we'll have DJ LeMayhew and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa both play third base, or we're going to go out and get a third baseman uh, at the trade deadline. I just don't see that. Now, have they gotten anything out of Josh Donaldson yet? No. But much like the winning that they're doing right now buys them time to get Aaron, uh, Aaron, Judge, back, Aaron, Hicks, Aaron Judge back and healthy and, and you'll feel good, they've, they've got nothing out of Josh Donaldson so far. But the winning gives them time to hopefully, they, they're hoping that Donaldson finds something and can get back to being a productive offensive player, even if it's for a month, just to be able to save a little face. And you'd have to say, as bad as he's been, I don't know that it can get any worse, right? But Gordon, he's a plus-plus <laughs> yeah. defender, don't you know? He, yeah, he's a plus-plus defender. He's not that good a defender. Like, if I have two other guys on the team that are just as good of defenders as he is, then I don't know that you're really that plus-plus of a defender. Do the Yankees lose anything with D.J. LeMahieu defensively at third base? Have there been plays that you've seen D.J. LeMahieu play third and think, man, if we only had Donaldson playing third, he would have made that play? And just for how glorious he is at third base, do you know how many gold gloves he has in his career? Donaldson? Yes. One? Zero. Really? He hasn't won one yet. I was just watching a TikTok video the other day about how even his MVP, he really shouldn't have won the MVP that year. Really, it was just because he had a high RBI total that that's why he won the MVP, that the MVP clearly should have been Mike Trout. Mike Trout led in basically every offensive category. I don't really remember it, but you go back and you look, and that's one the MVP voters got wrong. Absolutely. Speaking of the Angels, speaking of Mike Trout, the think about all the years that we have been sitting on July 4th and the Angels have already been out of it, like well out of it, which is glaring because, again, 
there's not that many teams that are trying anymore in Major League. There's a lot of teams that, not this year so much, but in past years, where they weren't even trying to win. The Angels were trying to win and were still out of it. This year, they've at least been over 500 this entire time, but then they get the injury last night to Mike Trout, who could be out for, for a while. So even now, with Trout and Otani and, and everything else, they're over 500. They're in the playoff mix. They have the questions about Otani. Are they going to keep him uh, be, beyond the trade deadline and try to win this year? Are they going to trade him at the trade deadline? And now, Mike Trout going down. If he's out for any extended period of time, that could very much, all of a sudden, the, uh, those trade talks that maybe you put on hold for Otani, start firing up the phone again. Start looking for, for somebody. Because if you lose Trout for any length of time, you'd have to think that the chances of you making the playoffs are, are going sideways. And it's interesting, the Angels, all of their Otani uh, promotions, like bobbleheads and shirts and all those type of things, they scheduled all of them before the trade deadline. So they kind of know. They kind of know. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. All right, so I wanted to get into some Nick stuff because we were talking a lot about it last night. And if you ever need, if we ever needed to put into a time capsule how evidence of Nick fans being absolutely out of their minds. Last night's show, I, th- I would like to suggest last night's show as, as, as audio evidence of it. We took the temperature of the Nick fans last night, and uh, I don't know, the, the temperature shows that they're suffering from something. Uh, delusion, mostly. But the Obi Toppin trade has sent a lot of them over the wall. And, and not what you would think. The, you would think that, well, you only got two second-round picks back for the eighth pick in the draft three years ago. That would be enough uh, of, and really, that pick, of all the things that the Leon Rose regime have gotten wrong, you'd have to say that was probably the biggest miss of the bunch, mainly because it was the eighth pick in the draft. They've not had that many high picks uh, it, moving forward, right? The first year they're, they're, they're in the playoffs. The third year they're in the playoffs. So that eighth pick, that is a valuable asset. And there was a, a clear road forward with, the, with, with Halliburton, which seemed like the perfect player and fit, need a point guard, he's a point guard. And they decided to go the Obi Toppin route. And it was, that was the biggest miss, I think, so far of this regime. Even more than Kemba Walker, even more than Fournier, I'd like to think that even with Fournier being as bad as he is, that contract is going to get you back something better than two second-round picks. So the Obi Toppin trade, you would have to say, of the things that Leon Rose has gotten wrong, that one might be the number one. But the Knicks fans, it doesn't seem like that the main source of blame that they're putting on things is on... Leon Rose. No, they blame it mostly on the coach, that Tom Thibodeau is the problem. And again, as I said last night, I'm not a huge fan of Tibbs. I don't think he is not, to me, he is not a great coach. A great coach can take talent and form the system around him. It's not about having players that specifically fit your system. The system comes from the talent. But it does seem like that there is a good portion of the Nick fan base that despite the success that Tibbs has had, that Leon Rose has had while they've been here, they are just so down on Tom Thibodeau. And I'd really like to get to the heart of what it is because, again, much like with the Yankees, I admitted earlier in the show, I don't get how they're doing it, but they're doing it. They're winning enough games to accomplish what the goal is right now without Aaron Judge, which is to stay in the playoff mix, to stay at 500, and you hope that when the best player, in the, the most valuable player in the sport comes back, 
then you can move on uh, forward and, and, and make a run in the playoffs. I'm not going to get my hopes up on that because the offense has been bad in other years and has held them back in other years, and the offense is worse this year, but that conversation for another time. With the Knicks, don't you have to admit at some point that while you might not like him as a coach, he might have issues as a coach that you are, are not a fan of, that you wish that he would improve, but there's, there's been production. You, you have gone from NBA laughingstock to a, an organization that is on by far, far better footing than they've been in a very long time. And part of that is the coach. Part of that is the system that he has put in place. And again, he, he can have issues that you don't like. But don't you have to admit that you, at least at this level, he's, he's done a, a fairly decent job, a far better job than a whole lot of people. And if you're not one of those people that's willing to give him credit, who is this person that's out there? Who is this coach that you look at this roster, you look at this group, and you say, you know what? This guy could do so much better as the Knicks head coach. Who is this guy? Who is this mystery man? Who is coming in here and doing better than 41 wins the first year and a fourth seed and 47 wins this past year and a second-round playoff appearance? And this is not, well, no, three years from now, Tibbs is only going to get us to, we're scraping up against the ceiling of, of, of what we can do. No, no, no. I'm just talking about in the now. Right now, because it seems like there's more than enough Nick fans who are not happy in the now, which is pretty good. And considering the most recent past and not a small sample of the recent past, it's not like they had a down year or two. They had a down decade. They had a down 20 years. But yet it seems like Nick fans are not going to be happy until Tom Thibodeau is not the coach. That Tom Thibodeau somehow is the problem. That he is holding the Knicks back. I need to hear the evidence of that. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, Nick fans and all their delusional. Next on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You're not hearing what I'm saying. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. The hot dog eating contest canceled because of lightning. Mother Nature hates America. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone. No, I can't make that claim. But uh, you know who does hate things? Nick fans. A good portion of the Nick fan base does not like the coach. And as I laid out before, I would say, in fairness to Tom Thibodeau, he is good at a certain level. Is he a great coach? I think the Obi Toppin move clearly shows you he's not a great coach. A great coach would be able to take Obi and, and formulate something where he was more productive than simply a guy that was worth two second-round picks. That's what a great coach... You, you saw what Eric Spolster did in the playoffs this year with a lot of undrafted guys, what the Miami Heat do all the time with undrafted guys. Great coach. But this idea that Tibbs is a bad coach, if you need perfect to enjoy your team well, then sports is the wrong thing for you. It feels like a lot of the same criticism you get about Julius Randle. Is Julius Randle a perfect player? Of course not. Does he have flaws? Of course. But if you can't enjoy anything or you can't appreciate anything that the guy has done for your organization or you're not going to be able to truly enjoy the team until he's off the team, again, I don't know if sports are for you. 
1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. All right, let's, let's dive into the pool of insanity that is Nick fans to a large degree. Let's go uh, to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to, is it Lovell in Yonkers? Lovell, first up. Lavelle? Hey, it's Lavelle. It's Lavelle. Lavelle. How sorry you doing? about that. Um, no, no problem, Gordon. So, so I was listening to you last night. And yeah. So I'm going to use your own words against you. Okay. Yeah, let's do you it. Said, you said, you know, Tibbs is like me. I can cook seven things. You need a pancake, I can make a pancake. But if right. you need a full-course meal, this is the New York Knicks. We need a coach that can make a full-course meal. When you don't have superstars, like – like, because I, I, I don't believe that Phil Jackson's the greatest coach of all time. I'm sorry. My mother could have coached um, Jordan and, and Shaq and Kobe to championships. But – if you, it, Eric Spolstra has, has exposed that if you are a great coach and you have a scrappy, talented, but not like superstar talented team, a good coach can take them to that next level. Tom Thibodeau, it's nothing against him as a person. I'm sure he's a great guy. But he's like Mike D'Antoni. These are two men that will never, and I'm going to say this, never win a championship as a head coach. Because like what makes Bill Belichick great is you take what you have and you work with it. You don't say, this is my way, and I don't change. That doesn't work. So here's why we make the playoffs and why he's had success with Julius Randle and why they love each other. Tom Thibodeau plays every game like it's game seven. And we get we say that like it's a compliment, but it's not because every game is not game seven. So what happens is day in and day out when the Knicks are playing through the dog days of the season, other teams aren't playing with that same intensity. Other coaches aren't leaving their starters in for 100 hours uh, a game. So what happens is when the actual playoffs come and everyone's playing with that intensity, then you have to have some tricks up your sleeves. Then you got to know how to think, think. You have to know how to make adjustments. You know how to make mashups. I'll, I'll take, for example, that first year we made the playoffs that we praised them. Okay. He, the whole season we had success with Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose, everyone knew, had a 25-minute limit on his knees. So Derrick Rose was successful because he would sit and watch the game as a veteran and coming off the bench. What does Tibbs do? He panics. He starts Derrick Rose. That's not what we had success with all season. And all of a sudden, he gets completely outcoached by, by McMillan. Okay, so then we see what happens before Brunson got here. I'm going to tell you right now, if it wasn't for Jalen Brunson being on the team, Tibbs would have been fired. Because Brunson being that floor general and being so amazing as he was and what a, what a surprise he was, it's what we had success with. And the same thing with Julius Randle. He has the basketball IQ of a basketball. So what happens is those few games that Brunson was hurt, we saw Julius revert back into what he was. Julius Randle, 20 and 10, you, you, believe it or not, it's not as hard to find. I'd rather take two players who can split that 20 and 10 but have a high basketball IQ, can make clutch shots in the fourth quarter, and not, you know, Randle handle, get the ball stripped from them and, and turn over. You know, here's, here's the problem. You, you, you're, you're, you're bringing in players based on Tom Thibodeau and his style, but he's not going to be here. We know this. So what happens is we're, we're making decisions based on someone that's not going to be here. And, and my frustration is this is the same owner that owns the Rangers. It's the same owner. So just stop trying to bring in agents and Worldwide West and all this stuff. Bring in real basketball guys. I don't know, to your, to your question, Gordon, I don't know who the coach is, but I didn't know who Ima Udoka was before he was coaching the Celtics. It's not, I don't get paid to find brilliant basketball minds. That's what front offices get paid to do. But it's not Tom Thibodeau. He's a dinosaur. And, and he's not that good. He's not uh, bad, but he's really not that good. All right, Lavelle. And th- I tried to give you as much road to, to lay out your point. You did an excellent job of it. But let me kind of give a couple of counterpoints here. You know, you went back to my, my analogy was that, like, Tom Thibodeau is, as, as, as a coach, is like how I am in the kitchen. If you're looking for a four-course meal, I'm not your guy. 
But I got like seven or eight things I can make really. Mac and cheese? You want some mac and cheese? I got you a great mac and cheese. If you need a pancake that looks like an elephant, I'm your guy. I can do a lot of different things in the kitchen, but it's very limited. And I can do them really well, but they're very limited. But the ingredients matter. So you're saying, you know, Tom Thibodeau is not going to win a, a championship uh, here. Well, the Nick, no one's good. You could bring in Eric Spolstra tomorrow. He's not winning a championship with this group. So I think it matters where you are in the process. And I think that Leon Rose, while I disagreed with the decision at the time, read the situation correctly. He realized that you bring in Leon Rose to get the big star, you hope, right? The former agent. He, that's, the guy, that's why you bring him here. But to be able to do that, you can't be terrible for a couple of years. You have to put something in place. You have to kind of win to a certain degree to have the time, to have the patience to wait for that deal to, 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 to show itself to, for whatever player that is, whatever superstar that is. So if, if, if Leon Rose had come here and brought in a coach with maybe a high upside but a low floor with this roster – that coach wouldn't have been here that long. You needed somebody who you knew what you were getting when they came in the door. And while Tom Thibodeau might have his limitations as a coach, he's got a very safe floor. You're never going to be terrible with Tom Thibodeau as the head coach. Now, is he the coach perfectly for every situation? No. But to establish something, to bring in and have some level of credibility and stability early on? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you wait, and, and, and you've seen it two of the three years. First year, you make the playoffs. Third year, you make the playoffs. Second year, you take a big step back. But I think that was more largely to the moves made by the front office that were two really big misses in, in Kemba and, and Fournier. So I hear what you're saying, but this is not the time. The Knicks are not in the championship title business right now. You're hoping that in a couple of years they will get there. They're in the building process right now. So to me, while Tibbs, again, has his limitations, he's the perfect guy for this stage of the battle. This part of it is he's fine. And for all the, the, the negatives, all the, 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 the narratives surrounding Tibbs, a lot of them don't really, if you really go back and look, they don't really measure up. Like he won 50 games his final year in Chicago. It's not like he, he wears out his welcome and guys just can't take him and then all of a sudden the roof caves in. That really, that, and he was there for what, five years, six years in Chicago? If he does that here, if he wins his 47, 8, 48 games, the Knicks make the playoffs each year, win a playoff series every now and then, he's going to have more than five years here. That, considering where they are and who's running the show and, and is looking for the big deal, they're looking for some credibility. They're looking for somebody that can come in here and give them a safe floor of production before they make their big swing at the, the big free agent, the big superstar, whatever. And at that time, maybe Tibbs won't be the right guy. But for this stage of the process, it's worked out pretty well. And it's worked out a whole lot better than it's worked out in a whole long time. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. More of the Knicks insanity next Gordon Damer, in for Barton Hahn, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. There you go. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. When it was the COVID year with the NBA and there was discussions about how the season was going to take place and there were reports that Kyrie Irving 
at a meeting said we should just shut the whole thing down and not have a season. Joey Chestnut is the opposite of Kyrie Irving. He has rallied the troops, and we are being told, I am being told at this moment, the hot dog eating contest will go on at 2 p.m. on ESPN2. So if you're into that, if that's your kind of thing on July 4th, 2 p.m., ESPN2. That's your, that's, that's your go-to. Just letting you know. An American. It did seem kind of weird that you would just cancel the whole thing because of some, some lightning. Like the lightning America. is going to eventually pass, and you, you can't move a bunch of hot dogs indoors? It's not, it's, not, uh, it's not baked Alaska. It's not like a food that's really, it's, it's not going to travel well. Hot dogs, you can cook a hot dog on anything. They, they're making them at the, at the 7-Eleven on that, that thing that just turns all the time. They're just sitting there for days on end, just turning. To, want one? Boom. Good to go. They, they, they used to sell like a, like a toaster. You could stick, stick the hot dog in the toaster and the bun in the side, and you would still be able to cook the hot dog. Hot dogs, they travel just fine. Dirty water dog, you could have one of those. I don't know. How, I don't think. Are the ones in the contest, are they boiled? Are they... They're not grilled. They're not a grill. They're not, they're not putting any effort into those. I ba- they probably barely even cook them. That's what they should do. Don't even cook them. You really want to go uh, commando? Raw hot dogs, frozen hot dogs. Let's see how many of these you can chow, chow down. So, again, if you're, if you're looking for uh, being repulsed, 2 p.m. ESPN2. Or you could turn on the Yankee game and look at that lineup. No, the Yankees are doing great, doing great. You know who is also doing great? Nick fans. Nick fans are loaded up with the Obi Toppin trade, Tom Thibodeau. So I just simply are asking the good portion of the fan base, because this is not the outer fringe. People will make it out, oh, you, you're just attacking the, the outer fringe of the Nick fan base. No, no, no. There is a sizable portion of the Nick fan base who thinks that not only is Tom Thibodeau not a great coach, he's holding them back. They would be much better off without Tom Thibodeau. I'm not even that big of a Thibodeau fan, but I think that that's ridiculous. The guy won 47 games. Does he ever get any credit? Ever get any credit whatsoever? Just because he's not perfect doesn't make him terrible. But the fan base, good portion of it, doesn't agree. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Matt is coming back from the hot dog eating contest. Oh, my goodness, Matt. I think you've made a mistake, my friend. Can you go back the other way now? Hey, I, happy 4th of July. Thank you for working. I mean, we're pissed. We just got back to my house. It's a disgrace. They told the entire crowd to leave, and now they're going to start it. But we are happy it's going to happen because it's part of the American tradition. Real quick on Tibbs, I, complete, I completely agree with everything you're saying. Tibbetto has been given a roster that is not good enough to win a championship. He maximizes the talent. Sure, I have problems with him not playing the young guys, but it's not, a, it's not a roster that's good enough yet to win a championship. Until you give Tibbs a real chance, you can't bash him. He's gone to the second round this year. Two years ago, the roster was a joke, and he brought us to the playoffs. So you just got to give him where Craig's do. And that goes into Aaron Boone and why I don't like Boone. Every year the Yankees have a top-five roster. It's year six of Boone, and he can't get over the top. So thank you so much for the call. Hopefully Joey goes and breaks the record, and happy 4th of July. All right, there's Matt. Matt, Matt, you're the one that made the call. I didn't call him. He's thanking me for the call. I thank you for the call. 
turn it around on you, my friend. I think he's right. Uh, Tibbs is good, and he'll get you to a certain level. And hopefully down the road, Leon Rose will find that superstar. And at maybe that point, you might say, there's lots of cases in sports of a team that has to make a sizable change in the way they're doing business to be able to get over the hump. That might come down the road, but it's not right now. And at least for right now, you would think after having no success, I've heard more criticism of Tibbs than I've heard in a lot of past coaches who were horrendous. Fisdale and, and Jeff Hornacek. And uh, I mean, you run down the list. Basically everybody back to Mike Woodson. It's a long list. Some of which the Knicks are still paying. Uh, let's go out to uh, eight HTJ. I don't. I, I'm not sure where HTJ is at, but he's on 98.7 FM. I know that much for sure. What's going hey, on, Gordon? Sate Johnny, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, man? Big shout out to the company. Um, so I think I'm going to bring some uh, some reasonable objectivity to the Knicks fan base here. I agree with you. Tibbs is a good coach. Um, people saying move on from him. The great coaches in the league. You would say Popovich, obviously. Spolstra, and um, who else? Um, is there another great coach in the league? Oh, Steve Kerr. Besides that, there's no, there aren't any great coaches in the league. And even look at Popovich without any talent. Where's he getting his teams the last few years? So right now we don't have a superstar. Um, he's done well getting this team to the playoffs two of the last three years. As you said, for 20 years we were a dumpster fire. And now he has his team stable. People like playing for him, it seems. You know, all the heart came here, love playing for him. There's great chemistry, which has been reported on last year. And even the offense last year during the regular season was pretty good overall. And that was never a strength. So it seems like he's adjusted to that some. So I think he is a good coach. Um, and, and we're not at the championship level yet. And I think if you got him a superstar, it may elevate to that too. Because look at Doc Rivers with the Celtics. Had KG, had Ray Allen, had Paul Pierce, won a championship. Since then, what have they said about Doc Rivers? Only yeah. for instance, that won, you know. So, mm-hmm. as far as, as, as Tibbs goes, I think he's a good coach. Um, and if you give me a chance to talk about top and trade, I'd like to go on to Yeah, that go too. ahead. Quick. Um, Do it quick, John. So, the top and trade, I'm not unhappy with it because I don't think they obviously weren't going to get a first round pick for him now. Now, could Tibbs have used him better? Yes, but he wasn't going to get a ton of playing time with Randall. Randall isn't a center. Could he have played at some and had Toppin at the four? Yes, but that's not Tibbs's way. That's a criticism of him. Okay. There is a little bit on Rose for not drafting someone who fit what Tibbs does. And, and, and that was early on in Rose's time as a GM. And he has clearly learned since then, especially going into last year, you see it. He got players that fit Tibbs's style better and you can, whether you want to criticize Tibbs for not being not being as malleable with his team, okay, but he is who he is as a coach. That's not changing, and Rose did a better job of drafting and signing free agents the last couple of years to match that. So I think if they go ahead and they have to fill the backup four position because they don't have one now, if you tell me they get a good defender and a good shooter, I think that's a much better fit than Toppin is for this roster. And if they get two second-round picks out of him, being what he's shown – I'm not unhappy with that, you know. All right, Johnny, I got to run because we're up against the clock here, but thanks for the phone call. Um, Yeah, I I think that a lot of the blame really lies on Leon Rose for making the pick because it's not a surprise that that guy in Obi was not going to be a good fit with with Tom Thibodeau. So you can put some of the blame on Tibbs for sure, but I think more of it has to be on making that pick. It was the wrong pick 
at the time. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. More of your Nick calls next, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You really want to go uh, commando? Raw hot dogs. 